You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, and uh, let's, uh, we'll start in the book of Matthew again, and we're going to continue our series uh, on the church. Uh, we started last Wednesday night about the church, and we saw uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, we saw how that those uh, letters uh, were written to those seven churches in Asia Minor, and that Jesus was walking in the midst of the churches. Can I tell you, I believe that Jesus walks in the midst of his church, and not just on Sunday either, but I believe he is walking in our midst throughout the week and throughout the days and uh, throughout the, the, the moments that we uh, have opportunity. I hope we'll serve him and please him. Uh, it's his church, and this church ought to be pleasing to him uh, for sure. Uh, Matthew 16, verse number 18, this is our theme for the year. And uh, we said upon this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church. Hallelujah for that. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Notice verse number uh, 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, Matthew 16, 13, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I the son of man am? Now, Obviously, we know that Jesus has the title. He is the Son of Man, capital S. He's also the Son of God. And that is for a reason. And the reason is to remind us that Jesus Christ came as a man. He put on flesh. Uh, he became like us. He became one of us so that he could experience the things that we experience. Did you know that when you stub your toe, did you know Jesus experienced that? Did you know that when you uh, uh, have pain, did you know Jesus experienced that? You say, well, when did Jesus experience pain? Uh, you remember the cross? Remember the beating and the scourging? As a matter of fact, I don't think we have any idea what real pain is, but Jesus does. What about sorrow? Jesus experienced sorrow. You say, oh, nobody knows what I'm going through. Well, Jesus knows what you're going through. He is a man of sorrows and acquainted with our grief. He knows what you're going through. I love that passage where it describes Jesus coming to the grave of Lazarus. And the shortest verse in all the Bible, those two words, Jesus wept. Can I tell you, when you weep, Jesus has been there before. He knows what you're going through. He has wept at the grave of Lazarus. Jesus has experienced sorrow. What about on the cross when he looked down and he saw his mother there? What about when he saw his mother and, and he saw John, the disciple whom he loved, and he said to John, he said, John, behold your mother. And to his mother, mother, behold your son. He was trying to take care of his mother even as he was dying on the cross. Uh, Jesus knows what you're going through, but he's the son of man, verse number uh, uh, 15, uh, verse number 16. But he's also, verse number 16, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the son of of the living God. There we see in these verses, he is the son of man, he is man, but he is also God. And I'm so thankful that we have a savior who is not just a man. He's not just a person. He's not just a, a human being like us. He is God and hallelujah for the deity of Christ that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. God himself came 
in the flesh. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Lord, I pray you'd speak to our hearts. Help us as we look at your word. We need you uh, every service. We need you every day. We need you every hour, every moment, every second. And I pray that you'd help us not to miss what you have for us uh, this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look over, if you would, at Ephesians chapter 5. We started here uh, also last week in Ephesians 5. We're talking about the church. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5, in verse number 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. And here's where we left off last week, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. We said last week, as we're talking about the church, number one, we need to know who is the master. Who is the one who is the head of the church? Who is the one that is in charge? Who is the one that's calling the shots in the church? It's not the pastor. It's not the staff. It's not the deacons. Uh, it's, not the, it's not the Sunday school teachers. It's not the choir members. It's not the ushers. It's not the greeters. The person who is leading the church is none other than Jesus Christ. It's his church. He, the church belongs to him. And Jesus' desire is that the church have no blemish, or no spot. He wants the church to be holy. Jesus wants his church to be sanctified and set apart by the washing of water by the word. Now, it's amazing how the Bible is, is referred to in so many different, uh, different illustrations, but the Bible, it's our map, right? It's our light. Uh, the Bible is our sword. Uh, the Bible is like a hammer. But here we see the Bible is like water. Have you ever had a child that had been out playing in the mud, playing in the dirt, and that child came in, that child was so filthy, it wasn't going to be a paper towel. It wasn't going to be brush them off and we're good to go. It was going to require a full bath. It was going to require some scrubbing. It was going to require some soap. It was going to require some major, major work to get that child clean. Well, can I tell you, as Christians, we get dirty. See, how does that happen? Because we're in the world. We are in the world every single day. Uh, sometimes you're just, you're minding your own business and you start hearing things that a Christian ought not hear. And you start seeing things that a Christian ought not see. And you start getting around people that Christian really shouldn't be hanging around, but just in the process of life and, and work and living and going to the grocery store and, and, and going to Walmart or, you know, you get in the flesh, right? Sometimes. Can I tell you, 
That's why we have to be clean. That's how, how we, why we have to be washed by the word of God. You don't get clean by reading a book of self-helps. That's, that's not, that, may, that may have some uh, its place, but that's not going to get you clean. You may say, well, I'm going to just get around some good people. Well, good, get around some good people. That'll help. But you're not going to get clean, and you're not going to be washed, and you're not going to be cleansed until you get the water of the Word of God dumped all over you, until you get saturated, until you get soaked in the Word of God. Jesus wants his church to be holy and without blemish. We said last week, the word blemish, it means a reproach. It means a disgrace or something that impairs the reputation. I do want to mention, I didn't mention this last week, I, I talked last week about maybe some things on the outside that people see. But I want to remind you that Jesus is not just looking for a church that's holy on the outside. He wants a church that's holy on the inside. You may be here today and you may be thinking, well, I tell you what, I'm glad I'm not like a bunch of the rest of the sinners around here. Man, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't live immoral. I don't cuss. I don't do all those things. Well, good, but you sure sound like you got a double dose of pride. You sure sound like you think you're better than everybody else. And friend, I want to remind you, there ain't nobody in here better than the next person. We're all just a bunch of sinners saved by grace and the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And so maybe for you tonight, you in this auditorium, you that are watching, those that are listening by way of radio, maybe you need God to do some cleansing on the inside. Maybe there's some pride. I, I was talking to the, the children in, in chapel today and I was talking about uh, sometimes we get a bad attitude. And it's not just children either. It's not just teens my dad used to say to the, the, some teenagers in the high school, he'd say, it's time for an attitude check, right? Well, I know some adults that need one of those too. The problem is I'm not sure that adults realize they need one, but they do. I was telling the, the students at the school this morning, I was telling about Micah. Micah's two and Micah will get in trouble and Micah's always doing something to his sisters. Now, I think he's getting provoked. I think they're getting in his business and getting in his face and, you know, all that. That's my, that's my thought. I I'm not always there to see it, but I, I think that's probably it. But so I'll have a talk with Micah and Micah's, you know, Micah's two years old and I'll sit down and I'll stand him up right in front of me and I'll say, uh, say, Micah, say, why did you hit Kylie? Oh, you ought to see the look on his face. I've never seen a bigger poochie lip in my life. I mean, it is, it's intense and it's just, it's like he can turn it on. And he gets that poochy lip, and he don't want to answer the question. Say, why did you hit Kylie? And then when he does answer, it's because. I mean, that's his answer. That's not a good answer, by the way. That's not a good reason to have a bad attitude. He's the one that just hit somebody, but he's got a bad attitude. Probably because he knows he's in trouble. But can I tell you, we sometimes, we get a bad attitude, and there's not even a good reason. I challenge you, next time you're ticked off, I challenge you to sit down and write down, say, why are you so upset? Why are you so frustrated? And after you write it down and all that, maybe you just need to say, boy, I hope that I don't ever do those things to people. Because guess what you'll find? You probably do. You probably do worse. 
But yet here you are, you're having a bad day and you're mad at the world and you take it out on your spouse and you take it out on your coworkers and you take it out on the world. And the truth is, you've just got a rotten attitude. And can I tell you, a rotten attitude didn't come from Christ. It's getting quiet here now. It's amazing when we're talking about all the sins everybody else is doing. We like that. Boy, I tell you, a bunch of the, bunch of the, the druggies out there, they need to get right. Boy, and we'll be hooping and hollering and saying amen. But when we start talking about the stuff we're doing, it gets quiet. You know why? Because we're hitting close to home. Jesus wants a church without blemish and without spot. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe you are bitter. Maybe, maybe that's, that's the story of your life. You're bitter, you're mad at God, you're mad at a, a, a spouse, you're mad at a, a child, you're mad at a coworker, you're mad at a business partner, uh, you're mad at, at somebody who doesn't, doesn't even know they did anything to you. Can I tell you, that needs to get cleansed. That needs the washing of the water by the word. You need to get that right with God. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe your problem is you're just critical about everything. Nobody's ever done anything good enough for you. Uh, you always, you're always pointing out the, the faults and the failures and the shortcomings. When was the last time somebody did something for you and you said, thank you? When was the last time somebody did something for you and you complimented them and said, thank you for doing that. that you did a good job on that. That's wonderful. Can I tell you, it doesn't cost anything to compliment people. It doesn't cost you any extra just to be nice. But can I tell you, a, a spirit of Christ is a spirit of kindness, a, a spirit of encouragement. We talked about that on Sunday. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe you're, you're blemish, your spot. Maybe it's you're just not thankful. Can I tell you, we live in the United States of America. Uh, we, we have been so blessed. God has been so good to us. If you've got a place to go home tonight and you've got a roof over your head, and you got clothes on your back, and you've got food on your table, you are blessed, and I am blessed. But we get so focused on all the things we don't have that we fail to be thankful for all the things that God has done for us. Can I tell you, Jesus knows your heart. Jesus knows my heart. You may be here tonight and think, well, I'm glad none of these other church members know anything about me. They don't know what I'm doing. They don't know what I'm thinking. They don't know what's going on in my life. No, they don't. But Jesus does. And if he is the master of the church, if he is the one who is on the throne uh, in your heart and in my heart, then he needs to have a church that is holy and without blemish and without spot and without wrinkle and a church that is pleasing to him. The church was Jesus' idea. We talked about that last week. The church was not my idea, it wasn't your idea, but it was started by Jesus Christ and Jesus started the church. He's going to sustain the church. He's going to stabilize the church. And by the way, if you don't think so, then take a look back over these last two years. Who kept this church going? Wasn't me. Wasn't you. It wasn't our good ideas. I didn't have any ideas. I went to Bible college and I got a degree on pastoral theology. I sat in four years of church education and what to do in different situations. I didn't have any idea what, what to do when there's a pandemic. And we didn't have a lot of notice. You remember that? Remember we were like making those robocalls, Brother Dan, on Saturday saying, here's what we're doing tomorrow. You say, well, I bet you were so confident about all that. No, I was scared to death. But can I tell you, God's the one that got us through. And he got us through that. He's going to keep, keep it going. This is his church. And he will stabilize and he will sustain and he will support and he will supply the needs of our church. 
Notice, uh, you don't have to turn back there, but Matthew 16, 18, how the church is supposed to grow. The Bible says that Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, this is not a trick question. This is a serious question. If you've got gates, gates of a city, are those gates going to be moving towards you? No. They're just going to be stationary, right? They're going to be dug into the ground. They're just going to be right there. And, and I tell you, that's because the church is not supposed to be on the defensive. The church is supposed to be on the offensive. We're supposed to be storming the gates of hell. You say, why would we be storming the gates of hell? Because there's people that are on their way to hell. We're trying to get them out before it's too late. The Bible says in the book of Jude that we are to, to snatch them from the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And the church is on the offensive. We're to be attacking. We're to be marching forward. We're to have on the armor of God so that we can be victorious for the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1 Verse 18, the Bible says that in all things, he might have the preeminence. The word preeminence means the place of priority. Superiority in rank or dignity, that's the place that belongs to Jesus. So, well, Pastor, I agree. I think Jesus should be preeminent in the church. I think he should be preeminent in your home. I think he should be preeminent in my home. I think he should be number one in my life. I think he should be number one in my schedule. I think he should be number one on Sunday, but I think he should be number one all the rest of the days too. That in all things, he should have the preeminence. I want you to turn with me back to the book of Acts. You're in Ephesians. Go back a couple books to the book of Acts. I want you to notice Acts chapter 5, the early church, and we're going to study the early church a lot in uh, this calendar year. But I want you to notice Acts 5, 42. The Bible says in Acts 5, 42, and daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach who? Jesus Christ. Every day. They just didn't stop. In the church and in every house, they were preaching Jesus. They weren't preaching Baptist doctrine. They weren't preaching uh, uh, world religion. They weren't preaching politics. They weren't preaching uh, how to be a better you. They were preaching Jesus. And that is the goal of our church is to preach Jesus to this world. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one that can save anybody. Notice with me Acts chapter uh, 8. Turn over a couple pages, Acts 5. And the, I've just given you a few references. There's a lot more. Acts 8, verse 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. Uh, there's power in the name of Jesus, and they just kept preaching Jesus. Acts 8, 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. You say, well, what happened when he preached Jesus? The man got saved. The man got baptized. The man got born again because somebody preached Jesus. You say, well, pastor, why are you telling us? That's your job. You're the pastor. You're supposed to preach. Well, it is my job on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and Wednesday mornings for school chapel and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for the radio. But can I tell you, it's the job of every Christian to preach Jesus. 
We're going to talk a lot about this here in the month of March and, and, and kicking off into April. We're going to encourage every member to be involved in our outreach. For some of you, you can go out and you can put a flyer on a door. For some of you, you can go out, you can knock on a door, invite somebody. For some of you, you can follow up. For some of you, you can get on a bus route. For some of you, you can go out and visit your Sunday school children and your, your junior church kids and, and witness to the family members. For some of you, you can, you can uh, put, uh, put address labels on, on cards and you can mail them out. For some of you, you can say, I'll pray every Saturday morning when people are going out. I'll pray for people to get saved. I'll pray for lives to be changed. But this is the job of all of us. And I understand we've gone through COVID and I understand we've kind of uh, tried to uh, 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 shift some things and, and readjust some things. But can I tell you, let's not forget our mission. Let's not forget the goal is to preach Jesus Christ to this world. Notice Acts 9, verse number 20. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. Acts 11, Acts 11 verse number 20. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. I just believe if we preach Jesus, I just believe people are going to be saved. I just believe that lives are going to be changed. I just believe if we'll preach Jesus, I believe he'll do the work. I believe he'll take care of the results. I just believe that he's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want to remind you, and I'm going to ask, we're going to close the service in just a few minutes, but Miss Lydia, would you mind? We're going to end maybe with a song or two to, uh, this evening, but I want to just talk to you a little bit for a moment or two now about Jesus. I want to tell you, I want to remind you that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the bright and morning star. He's Christ. He's the creator of the universe. Jesus is our deliverer. He's our everlasting father. He's our friend that sticks closer than any brother. He is God. He is the Holy One. He is the incarnate Son of God. He's Jesus. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He is the master. And that's the word we've used. He is the master. But I want to remind you, he's a lot more than just the boss calling the shots. He is everything to me. He is the only way of salvation. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the quickening spirit that brings life. He is the rock of ages. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the shepherd, the good shepherd. He's the son of God. Jesus is the great teacher. He is unchangeable. He is our victory. He is our wisdom. He is our excellent one. He is our exceeding great reward as promised to Abraham. He is our Yahweh, our Jehovah God. He is Zion's chief cornerstone. Could we sing, Miss Lydia? It's in the um, hymn book. It's number 99. Isn't he, blue book, isn't he wonderful? Wonderful, wonderful. Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Aren't you glad you know Jesus? Aren't you glad that you can share Jesus with people? Aren't you glad he never changes? He loves this world. He loves sinners so much that he died on an old rugged cross for sinners like us. Let's sing this one, number 99. Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't she? 
Jesus, my Lord, wonderful. Eyes have seen, ears have heard, it's recorded in God's Word. Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Number 254, His name is wonderful. He's a wonderful, wonderful Savior. He's so good to us. Has Jesus been good to anybody else in the, in the room tonight? Aren't you glad that you know him? He's the master. This church is all about him. 254. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus. Amen. He is the mighty King, Master of everything. His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. He's the great shepherd, the rock of singing so good. I know we could be here all night. We're just going to do one more, number 15 in the blue book. And I think this would be a good song to end with tonight. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Can you imagine where you would be tonight if you didn't know Jesus? Can you imagine how hopeless and helpless it would be in your life? But I'm glad somebody told me about Jesus. I'm glad that when I was a little boy, my dad knelt beside the bed with me and led me to Jesus Christ. Glad I had some Sunday school teachers. I had some, a pastor. I had some people that told me about Jesus. I had a mama that told me about Jesus. I'm glad I know who Jesus is, but I don't want to keep him to myself. I want to share him with others. Let's sing a verse of this, number 15. Here we go. In a little town of Bethlehem so many years ago they told him there was no room in the but they had no way of knowing who they had turned away. The Lamb of God who would take. Let's go to that second verse before we do the chorus. Sing that second verse. So many people still today don't know who Jesus is. They've never felt his peace within their soul. But I want my life to show them how his love can set them free. He's the only one who can cleanse. That's right, amen. Sing it out. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. He's more than just a story. He is the King of glory. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. 
I think we'll stop right there. Goes on to read some of the, the names we already talked about. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's Counselor, Deliverer to me. He's the Everlasting Father. He is the King of Glory. I'm glad. I know who Jesus is. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.